Hi, and welcome to Mountain Talk. I'm your host, Katie Myers. June is Pride Month. Celebrated since the 1960s gay liberation movement, Pride was founded as a response to raids on LGBT spaces in New York City. The first Pride was a protest, even a riot, in response to extreme repression against LGBT communities. Today, Pride has become a celebration of LGBT rights, an affirmation of the gay and trans experience, and a chance for people to just come together and have a good time. Pride is now celebrated in most cities in the U.S., but it's taken longer for it to catch on out here in the country. Until a few years ago, an eastern Kentuckian looking to attend Pride would have to drive to Lexington or Louisville, and about 10 years before that, maybe even a big city like Atlanta. In 2016, Moorhead brought the first Pride to Eastern Kentucky. Pikeville Pride followed in 2018. And since then, other Prides have proliferated in the region, from Harlan to Huntington to Ashland to Brakes Interstate Park. Today, we're taking you to Eastern Kentucky and Southwestern Virginia Pride celebrations, past and present. First, we'll stop by Pride celebrations in Pikeville, and then we'll head to a new same-day celebration at Brakes Interstate Park in Virginia. We'll hear about the political weight of Pride celebrations at this moment in time and their connection to national issues like the overturn of Roe v. Wade and increased violence against queer and trans people. We'll also hear about the pure joy of Pride, the simple pleasures of eating, dancing, and hanging out in public as queer people of all ages, an experience that was once much harder to come by. Kara Ellis is an organizer with Pikeville Pride, when I was a teenager, because we're so isolated, like we relied on the internet, of course, so I was like really active on like message boards. I grew up in like punk emo scene around here in Eastern Kentucky. So like I said, we used a lot of message boards. And now that we actually can do things in person and like we found that we actually have a pretty good queer community, like that's been amazing. Ellis helped start Pikeville Pride after a white supremacist march on Pikeville in 2017. Actually, I had a coffee shop in town. It was called Roasted. Um, We had that in 2017 when the white supremacists showed up here in Pikeville. So that happened in April of 2017. And at our coffee shop, after hours, we were kind of holding meetings there to try to figure out, like, a counter-protest. What can we do in opposition of this? So a large group of us came together. And we were trying to, after that moment with the rally, we were going to try to move the conversation forward, like how to take this really negative, traumatic thing that happened and make it a positive. And so one of the ideas was Pikeville Pride. Let's hold a Pride event in our hometown. Emma Lowe is another organizer with Pikeville Pride. (laughs) We've we've had a really good turnout. It's been fantastic to see so many people uh, coming out to support us. Had a lot of people wanting to come by to donate, just uh, to ask questions, uh, have some have some food. It's been wonderful. Uh, I'm I'm here uh, manning our donations table. So anybody wants to come by and uh, pick up a pride flag or uh, make a donation to Pikeville Pride, I've been uh, helping them out with that. We're giving away some gift cards for a raffle later. Um, there's free food, uh, music. As you can hear, we got a face painting station for the kids set up right next to me. It's just it's 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 gonna be a it's been a nice uh, a fun time. <laughs> It's weird to be here in the midst of all of it because I don't you, you I know I'm from a very conservative area. I know I'm from a very rural area where um, we have to deal with things like that. But just today, I haven't seen you know I don't have to experience that. I don't have to see any of that today. It's just it's just a celebration. It's just people you know supporting us, supporting each other, enjoying themselves. Um, honestly, the le- things like legislation have been the last thing on my mind today. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess that is a nice luxury I've been able to, to enjoy. Well, they say it takes a village, and you know, I know this isn't a child, but it's, it's you know, Pikeville Bride's our baby. Um, I'm just, uh, like I said, I'm, personally, I'm a little overwhelmed right now, but it's in, in a good way. You know, it's it's a it's a good overwhelmed. It's nice to see so many people coming out and uh, in support. We were we were a little concerned that there may be um, some like backlash or some like protesters or something like that. I haven't seen, uh, I haven't heard a peep from that. So, just very happy to see that my community is being so supportive. Pride's public image is often of a glitzy celebration. But for local parents, it was a place to take their kids, some of whom were openly identifying as queer. Paige Lewis was one of those parents. This event would not have happened years ago. Um, Or if it did happen, there would have been many of protest and many of hate. So I'm glad now that Pride and 
you can be who you are has become a mainstream thing now. You don't have to hide. It's, it came a long way since Stonewall. The hate and bigotry comes from the parents. It's because children aren't born racist. They aren't born homophobic. They are born into a world where that's a learned behavior. And that if they can see people just being who they are, just because if someone's gay does not make your child gay. Because someone's straight is not going to make your child straight. It's just who they are. So if they can learn anything from that is that it doesn't matter what your sexuality is. You got Everybody can come together with children and just have a good time, a good safe time. Meanwhile, kids here say seeing the LGBT community out in the open is helping them be themselves, like teenager Rachel Daniels and her little sister Isabella. It's actually um, my first time being to it. It's mine too. It's our first time. Um, I like it. It's got a very um, nice atmosphere. Just the fact that like I have, my mom is very um, supportive. supportive. Yeah. She's very supportive uh, towards us. Um, we have a little sister that's supportive of us. Yeah. Um, and then us, be, us being two different parts of the LGBT community, we, we kind of, we understand each other. So um, it's really cool to be sisters and, you know, know how we both feel, so. Yeah. I feel like I can, I feel like I can pretty much stay here. I, yeah, this is our hometown. We've never really left Pikeville, so um, we do wish that we could, you know, go on adventures and stuff like that and maybe move one day. But um, as of now, I think we're pretty comfortable with where we are. What, what do you think your schools could do better to support you? your community or you know is there anything maybe talk about it more in classes and stuff because they just don't talk about it at all there is some kids that are part of the lgbtq community it just a lot of kids if they are they hide it because they're afraid of being judged so yeah they, they could support support the kids more and I think that we should start hiring more teachers that's got more tattoos or more that is more um, funky, you know. <laughs> I think that I think that if we had that, people, all the students would be more, um, I guess, less scared to be different like like everyone else. You know, I feel like um, I think maybe kids should know because I don't want them to feel scared if they ever do come out. To their parents so I think I think they should know that it's okay to be part of the LGBTQ community exactly. yeah because um like we're Mexican we're part Mexican so like um we we have a little bit of hate from everywhere you know but we just we just brush it off we're just like eh. you know we like who we are so yeah just, I just think that everyone should just uh, accept, accept who they are and um, don't care if anyone doesn't like it. Meanwhile, as Pikeville Pride picnicked in Pike County, a new group down the road called the Appalachian Social Club held the first ever Pride celebration in Dickinson County, Virginia. In Brakes Interstate Park, where the long spine of Pine Mountain drops off into a canyon, the group decided to hold Pride as a big family cookout, with big plans like a queer-inclusive pool party in the works. The Appalachian Social Club hopes to create more space for LGBT Appalachians to enjoy each other's company and feel less alone. Here's Pearson Hobbs, a local musician and organizer of the event. I mean, there's so many queer people that exist here. We, we are a large group of people, you know. We are a part of, like, our... Appalachian culture we I mean as many local people we've seen here today allies or queer people there there is support and and in Dickinson County there's uh I, I can't necessarily speak for him but uh Earl Gilmore was from Dickinson County and a really profound uh musician and he was just a really interesting person and uh you know a lot of folks are remembering Earl he 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 was um he was a black queer man from Clinchco, and uh, he worked in the coal mines. He um, he played music in the church, um, and he uh, he he was just like a really um, outstanding community member in Clinchco. Um, and he he uh, went on to play uh, like big folk festivals, 
he was involved in roadside theater back in the 80s. Um, he, he he was just a really interesting person. I Again, I can't really, I, I just really am inspired by his story and being also from Dickinson County. Um, there, was that, there was some back and forth, uh, Pikeville Pride uh, shared um, our event. We shared their event, we cross shared. We ended up accidentally having both events on the same day. Um, but we, and also we, we donated money back and forth. Like we, we were totally like, I think in the future gonna collab or, you know, like talk more about what we can do. Like even in local government, especially there's, there's a lot of um, malice and a lot of people who take things personally and who aren't willing to listen to their constituents, which, I, and I think local government's really important in our day-to-day -day lives and affects us in state government too. The climate is really kind of scary for queer people right now. I mean, we were a little bit, uh, we were a little bit hesitant, or a couple of our members as we drove over here today, we were sort of like, you know, we're gonna be met with strife. Like, is there gonna be people here protesting? We heard like rumors there was. Um, so we, uh, but we came, and nothing. We we came and it was a safe space. There is um, people watching over us today and making sure we were okay. And we, you know, we have each other. We're a community. Among the Appalachians are Debbie Counts and her son Reese Combo, both from Clintwood. Clintwood has been called the marriage capital of southwestern Virginia and has a long history as a destination for secret lovers to elope because of its more relaxed attitude towards the courthouse marriage process. Debbie's a marriage officiant. After Reese came out as gay and same-sex marriage was legalized, Debbie decided to take that tradition a step further and start marrying same-sex couples. I took mom to, the, uh, to a gay bar in Pittsburgh. It's called uh, Blue Moon. And if people are familiar with RuPaul's Drag Race, um, that's um, Sharon Needles and uh, Alaska's bar, although Sharon Needles turns out to be problematic. But anyway, um, that's their hometown bar. It's a little dive bar, and it has the world's smallest drag stage you've ever seen. Like, it's, barely, it's, it's about the size of a very small table. But they still turn it out. <laughs> um, and I took her over there, and... You know, mom really enjoyed the drag shows. Like, you know, I think mom thought the drag shows were going to be like RuPaul's Drag Race because mom can't take the overdramatic crying and, you know, the over theatrics. Um, but she did enjoy the actual drag show. And um, mom was surprised about how popular she was. And I didn't necessarily prepare mom for that because I think what a lot of people don't understand is if people find out that you're the accepting parent and you go to a gay bar, you're like the biggest star because a lot of people um, are estranged from their parents or um, or have a strained relationship with their parents solely based on their sexuality. And they just have a high appreciation for people that are accepting. So um, so they'd be like, oh, that's Reese's mom or whatever. And they would just flock to her. You know, then mom ended up having like a conversation with a, drag queen uh, they talked for hours and um and I was like my mom does not realize that this queen's name is Cindy Crotchford <laughs> not that she would care but it was just interesting to watch my mom talk to a drag queen named Cindy Crotchford for <laughs> about an hour and a half but um it, it's good that you know I to take mom to something like that and you know to have a good time. Uh, my name is Debbie Counts. I'm retired. I've retired. I worked for Dickinson County in various uh, positions for about a little over 20 years and now I'm retired. In 2015 when the law changed uh, there was some pushback on people marrying. You know they wouldn't marry them and uh, of course, my son's a gay man, and I said, I'll marry him. Not a very wise decision for someone who has anxiety. <laughs> it's the most wonderful thing I have ever done in my life. It has uh, given my life a meaning. I had no clue it would affect me the way that it has. There is a feeling 
that you get when you perform uh, same sex or otherwise. It's the same thing. Uh, and I have been personally been divorced for almost 30 years. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but you get a feeling from the couples. And one thing I have noticed it, um, when it's a man and a woman, the man, when he sees his bride, the man will make a noise. He will go, <gasps> or he will say something. It's always the man. And most of the time, it's the man that has trouble controlling their emotions. Now, as far as the same sex, it took me almost three years to find a couple. And I've done two in Dickinson County. I have done one um, in, from Gate City. Um, but one that I did to this day, I have not told. They've asked me not to tell that they're married. And sometimes it's financial. Um, and for instance, I talked to a lady here today who has a cousin. They want to be married, but they're afraid. They're afraid of their parents, you know. And I told her, I said, I can accommodate that. I said, we can go somewhere. All they have to do is get the license. You know, we'll hide out and do it. And I said, they'll never hear it from me. And they want to be married, but they're afraid to. And then sometimes it's financial. Um, <clears throat> I talked to, uh, I had this two men. They've been together for 18 years and wanted to get married. They're both on SSI. All they wanted to do was get married. And I actually talked to Social Security. Neither one of them drew very much money that would decrease their income. That, But that's for, you know, everybody. It's not just the same sex. It would decrease their income so much that they, they were barely living now. And the sad part of it is they were together. At that time, they were together 18 years, I'd say over 20 years, and one of them died. So they never got to get married. But it's my specialty is the front porch. Um, my my specialty, I was telling her, is the front porch. It's the yard, um, barns. Uh, anymore, I don't do formal weddings because that is outside of my mission. Well, my son is gay. There has just, I have had to have a lot of education. For instance, I ask him what's my pronouns <laughs> so that I could have it on here. Uh, no, my feelings haven't changed because uh, with the community it comes from love because I love him. I've talked about from my youth, and I would say my parents were not, I wasn't raised up to hate somebody. I wasn't raised up, you know, that people were different, but we had a lot of prejudice within the family. Um, I thought once I did my first wedding, I told my son, I said, you know, that's it, we'll be burned at the stake, I'll be asked to leave town. And the support was overwhelming. You, you sort of started doing this at a period where um, gay marriage became, had become legal and things were sort of looking up, yes. you know, a bit. And right now we're in a political moment where things are looking a little bit different. Um, I'm wondering how you feel about that or how, you know, how would you move forward in, in your work as, you know, if the tide does kind of turn back. I will be devastated because it's too important for the tide to turn. And, but you think about today, this is the first time in the history of our county something like this has been done. Um, and it takes just people doing it. I, I don't know. I think my, my goal would be more to protect people like Rage, Rachel and Paige, my son, um, that would be more my role. But as far as personally, I would be devastated because it's nonsense. Um, things may get smaller, but they'll always be us. I spent my time thinking, 
somebody is going to hurt him. They lifted him up. It wasn't. It wasn't the way I thought it was at all. And I, uh, if there's another mother that does that, stop it. You're wasting your time. You don't. You don't have to spend that time terrified. I wish I could go back and change. And not that I didn't believe in him. I didn't believe in other people. Um, even though there's some things that's gotten better, um, I do get burned out um, because there, there's times that it's just feel, it just feels like being an alien and having to um, get used to being around humans or something. Like everybody treats me differently. or um, and, and there's times that, yeah, I should be treated differently. And there's times that it's just like, why are you treating me differently in this you know, scenario? Um, there's really not anything I can do to make her not like me. I, the only thing I ever heard her say, I did get concerned because she would say like, well, I do get nervous when, if I see two guys hold hands. And I was like, oh God, what direction is going? But she gets nervous because she gets worried that people will pick on them. She's not like, oh, they're disgusting or they're horrible. She's just like, what if somebody picks on them? What if I have to call 911? What if I end up getting fight defending them? You know, like she, that that was very hard, you know, for her. Um, but she, she's always been pretty much open-minded. She may call it the BLT community sometimes. <laughs> she'll get, she'll get the acronyms wrong, but she, but she's willing to learn. <laughs> That's what matters. Rachel Stallard also lives in Clintwood. She's hoping that her community can continue to hold space for queer people throughout the year. Well, I'm one of the, the founding members of the Appalachian Social Club, and we put this shindig together. So I reckon if we didn't show up, nobody'd get fed, and this place would be a mess. So, okay, you want to know the whole story? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so interestingly enough, there is uh, a guy in this area who's managed to come in possession of several billboards. He likes to put hateful messages. Sometimes he just puts run-of-the-mill religious messages, and that's cool, whatever. Um, and back in the winter, he put one up about homosexuals burning in hell, you know, the huge. Um, and there was actually a, a, a meme page on Instagram that kind of went up against them, and I think uh, they raised like five grand for the Trevor Project and donated it in this guy's name, which I thought was super cool. Um, but so Lupe, I don't know if you got a chance to talk to her, but she reached out to my partner and I, and she was like, you know, these billboards are really upsetting. This is frustrating. Um, I want to have a cookout or a luncheon or something for LGBTQIA uh, folks because I think over the last couple years, I don't think anybody's had fun. We've not been allowed to breathe. We've not been allowed to... We've not been allowed to grieve because every time we're starting to grieve, there's something else we have to grieve. So the last couple of years has just been this constant state of sadness. And here we are. And I, it's still kind of blowing my mind because we kept waiting for the bottom to drop out or something to happen. And I told my partner a week ago, I was like, it dawned on me because I was like, this is, this is going to happen. And I was like, oh, oh crap. I'm going to have to like cook for a lot of people. Uh, actually, I grew up in uh, Clintwood. Uh, vast majority of my life, uh, I got my bachelor's degree at UVA Wise. Um, and then I went to uh, Old Dominion in Norfolk and got my master's. I did it in humanities. And then I came back here um, and was working to save money to go do a PhD. And then I got sick. So that's a long story. I'm gonna give you the short version because we'll be here all day. Um, but I ended up with MS and my onset was, it's, it was atypical and it was devastating. Um, I was paralyzed in 70% of my body. Here I am, you know, uh, seven years, eight years later. I don't think I intended to stay here, you know, uh, but when you, when you get an illness that kind of destroys you the way it did me, it's, 
you have to stay where your support system is and where you have access to people. And it's not, for me, it's not just about the LGBTQIA population. It's all of us. It's black folks and brown folks and the indigenous folks and uh, disabled folks and uh, uh, large body folks and just everybody, all of us who live here and exist here and are ignored. Like it's not enough, it's not enough to just be pro-gay. Like you have to have an intersectional approach. It, it's been crazy. Uh, the Tri-Pride people actually came, um, and that's just so cool. We connected with them. <coughs> we actually connected with uh, Pikeville Pride when we realized we were both having events on the same day, and it was like, holy crap. Um, and both of them, they have been so supportive. Created this neat little, like, rainbow line running through here from the Tri-Cities and cutting through here and then down to Pikeville and... It's kind of wild to think of. I think in a lot of ways people are shouting a lot louder because they're, they've been emboldened and um, they've been allowed to publicly say things they couldn't for a while. So I think you have people who are talking louder and being more aggressive and shouting uh, when before they would not have. Not a damn politician from any party has ever done a damn thing for us down here. We are consistently kicked around and ignored and they come down here when they want something from us. When they want to rile us up and say, oh, well, these people over here, they want to take something from you or they're going to take something from you or they're trying to hurt you or they're going to do this or they're going to do that. And then they're gone and you don't see them again. Now, let's be honest. You know, uh, Let's shame the devil and tell the truth, shall we? We are all we have. And you don't have to like us. But I reckon we're going to keep doing stuff. And you can either come and hang out with us or don't. Also, I, I love the idea of the cookout and of feeding people. Um, I talk a lot about my, my memo and my granny and, and how it was for them it was always, have you eaten? You know, so that sort of really imprinted on me. And it's like, let's feed people. You know, I think it's it's such an intimate thing that we don't think about. And I think especially in Appalachian culture, we have such an intimacy around food that we don't even really realize it. But if you step back and you look at it, it's some of the most profound moments we share with family and friends and then how do we how do we increase mutual aid how do we create these networks of mutual aid how do we how do we get to this point where uh your grandma needs help cleaning her house well let us know and three or four of us will show up and we'll clean your grandma's house you know so it's like we want to do fun stuff and like hang out and have a good time, but also, like, I think there's very real uh, tangible things that we can do within our community and our neighboring communities, you know? I mean, we're pretty much, uh, I mean, most of us are here in Dickinson County, but, I mean, I think we're all fairly willing to, to go to other places and talk to, you know, team up with other people and do stuff because, I mean... Oh, I'm going to make people mad. <sighs> it does not matter what political party you are. The reality is not a damn politician from any party has ever done a damn thing for us down here. We are consistently kicked around and ignored, and they come down here when they want something from us, when they want to rile us up and say, oh, well, these people over here, they want to take something from you, or they're going to take something from you, or they're trying to hurt you, or they're going to do this, or they're going to do that. And then they're gone, and you don't see them again. Let's be honest, you know. Uh, let's shame the devil and tell the truth, shall we? We are all we have. And you don't have to like us, but I reckon we're going to keep doing stuff. And you can either come and hang out with us or don't. Thanks for listening to the first half of this week's Mountain Talk. 
stay tuned for a trip back to 2018 at the first ever Pride in Eastern Kentucky's Coalfields. So as we've heard, being queer in our region can be a challenge, but it's not a life without community or joy. But just a few short years ago, even one of these pride gatherings happening in our neck of the mountains would have been pretty unthinkable. And so up next, we bring you an audio postcard from an event that helped break the ground for the present day growth of the queer community in our region. The city of Pikeville's very first pride celebration, which was held back in 2018. Former WMMT producer Ray Geringer has the story, which we first aired that same year. On a sunny day in late October, Eastern Kentucky's first ever Pride Festival filled the Pikeville City Park. Musicians and drag queens from across Kentucky performed to a crowd of around 200 people. The family-friendly event was organized by Progress Pike and Kentuckians for the Commonwealth, with support from the Pride Community Service Organization of Lexington. Many of the drag queens who performed grew up in eastern Kentucky, but moved away years ago to seek more acceptance in larger cities. After her performance in a full pink feather headdress, Wendy Williams shared some personal stories with the crowd. The microphone kept cutting in and out, but Williams took it in stride. How the heck are we doing, everybody? So I just wanted to thank you guys for coming out and give you guys just a little bit of feedback why it was important for me to come back. Um, I am 44 years old. I'm trans, and I live. I was. I live in Tennessee. I own a gay bar there called um, the Roadhouse. But I was born and raised. Uh, oh, the devil tried that one. Try that one more time. I was born and raised in Virginia. It's all the silicone in me. Don't worry about it. Bitch, I am full. So listen, not drunk, not drunk. Oh, hang on a minute, honey, hang on. You can't be taking that. Do you have a filter on that? Because I don't want to end up on WIMTT looking a mess. Well, thank you so much. So anyway, so I was born and raised in Eastern Kentucky, and back You just gonna sit there like that? <laughs> Honey, when you have a big drag ring, fall on your actual. Oh, I'm so sorry. If you have a child, please put your hands on their ears now immediately. But anyway, as I was saying, I'm from Virgie. I grew up, I graduated from Shelby Valley High School. And actually, one of my prom dates is here. She's having a nervous break. Look at her. We didn't do anything, honey. We just put and played tic-tac-toe in the back of my mamaw's car. She, she knew very She knew very She knew very quickly that my ass was gay. I think everybody knew. But that's okay. So it's very important. Like I said, I drove six hours to be here. And the reason why I came, because this is such an important event can we afford? Can we please? I know. Welcome to Pieville. They bought these at the Dollar General right before this started. We were like, she ain't coming back next year. Oh yes, honey. My training will be right down that road. Watch. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not supposed to say that word. 
I've lived it for 20 years, so I can call myself what I want to. But listen, so I just want you guys to know how important it is for us to have these events, whether you're gay, straight, bi, and or other. It's important that you recognize that there are other people, especially in this area where we're taught from a very young age that everyone is heterosexual, white, and O-Regular Baptist, which is nothing wrong with that, which is nothing. Oh, Lord, they're praying for me right now. <laughs> Which is nothing wrong with that because my grandparents raised me that way. I went to church every Sunday, and I still enjoy going there. Um, not, not in full feather galore, but can you imagine going down Robinson Creek in a big headdress? <laughs> but anyway, so... Make sure next year that you guys... Go on and donate. That way the event can be bigger. They can have more things that are important. And all you young individuals out here, it is so amazing to see you out here embracing your sexuality, your, your expression. So give yourself a round of applause. But before I go, remember all the older generations that came before you who didn't have who did not have these events for you guys. We were ridiculed, made fun of, many committed suicide. That's the reason why a lot of the LGBT community fled Eastern Kentucky. Not because it's not a beautiful, I mean, look around. It is God's country. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. It's just you get more accepted the further you go away. So thank you guys so much for coming out. Scream and shout for all the entertainers. And thank you guys for making the very first Pride a success. Thank you guys so much. Lord, I'm going to be on the news tomorrow, Kesson. Drag queen Rachel Sparks also spoke about why it was important to come perform at this event. Are you having fun? Yes! Y'all can hear me better now than I have to scream. Somebody said, I'm going to make you work for that money. Baby, look at these heels. Where's she going? Look at these heels. Girl, I'm working just standing here. Y'all don't know that life yet. But after today, you will know that life. You will know what it feels to, to have acceptance, love, new friendships. And each and every one of you here, you made history. Because you came out and supported the first ever Pride celebration in Eastern Kentucky. So, I want you guys to give, look to the person beside you. If you know that person, look the opposite way. If you know that person, turn your ass around. Oh, I'm sorry if I cussed and your children's here. Everybody okay with me saying the A word? Okay. Look at that person you do not know and tell them you are beautiful. Yes. Because here we do not judge one another because everybody is beautiful in their own unique way. Yes. I know I'm preaching that and I got a corset on and hip pads, a wig, makeup, all the nine yards. Carry yourself with this acceptance and this pride every single day. People are going to hate on you. People are going to throw stuff at you. People are going to tell you you don't matter. But guess what? Each and every one of you matter to the person next to you, to the person standing on this stage. I fight for equality. I fight for equal rights within the LGBTQA community. I fight for women rights. Our allies are just as important. I just want to say thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. Even if I can't feel it right now because of course it's on, thank you. People traveled from near and far to attend the historic festival. We spoke with a few of them. I'm Savannah Sullivan and I'm from Fest Creek and I like to come out at these things because I feel more open to myself and I feel more loving when everyone's surrounded by happiness. Yeah, cool. Have, um, this is Pikeville's first Pride, right? Yes. Um, why do you think it's important for a town like Pikeville to have Pride? Because I don't think a lot of people here are like open about who they are and stuff and I feel like you need like a whole community to tell you, you know, it's okay that you're gay, straight, whatever you are. You're loved no matter what you are. Where's the closest Pride you've been to before this one? Lexington. And how long a drive is that from where you live? Uh, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think it's important for maybe our radio listeners to understand about Pride and, and the importance of Pride celebrations? Um, I think, like, when 
Pride happens, everybody is happy. Like, I've never seen no one sad when I go to Pride. Like, I feel it so loving and so caring. Like, I can do anything and nobody would judge me about it. Like, I feel just so happy here. Like, that's the explanation I can give. And how does that compare to, like, I don't know, normal life? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's better. Like, when I come here, I just feel like I don't have to hide who I am. Like, I'm more open. Like, I could go up to talk to somebody like, hey, and they'll be like, hey, how are you? You know, it's just easier. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, anything else you'd want to say to radio listeners? Um, don't be afraid to be who you are. You are loved no matter how you are or who you are. Awesome. Thank you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> My name is Aiden, and I decided to come out today because I, I'm gay, I'm openly gay, and I've had a lot of harassment at school, and so I've dropped out into Homebound, and um, I feel like at Pride Parades or in anything Pride event, you can really show what you feel about your sexuality and not worry about with the security and stuff you don't really have to worry about people being bigoted and stuff like that at you and it's just really a good event that brings people together and that's what I think. My name is Chandra and I'm from around here I live here and well I come out because I'm bisexual my sister's a lesbian and family so we're out to join um how do you feel about pikeville's first pride right it's the first time this has happened in this town right it's finally about time my sister she's actually she's one of the first lesbian couples to get married in pikeville right here cool and who do you have with you here today i have my dog lily my little baby my little girl she is a miniature chihuahua mixed with an applehead chihuahua it's just the apple head never grew, the legs did. So she's a miniature deer is what I call her. My kids call her. <laughs> and she's tiny. Yes. Tiny and adorable. Real long legs. And she's trembling in, in the weather. No, she always does. She does? <laughs> she's a shaker. She's a small shaker. Well, is there anything else you'd want to say to radio listeners about why it's important that Pikeville's having its first pride? Just everybody needs to get out and support. Stop, I mean, stop all the hate and just everybody love everybody. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have a great day. <laughs> okay, my name is Karita, and I'm from Manchester, um, Kentucky. And um, what was that? Other? Why did you decide to come out? Okay, so I saw the event yesterday, Friday night. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to drive two hours to this event, but I'm going to come and support because it's the first ever Pride event in Eastern Kentucky. I'm like, okay, I have to be here. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Why do you want to support Pride in Eastern Kentucky? I feel like um, volume is important in terms of these types of events. People don't think that a lot of people are going to show up. So I just wanted to be one other person in the crowd. You know, if I, you know, came two hours to, for this event, I bet other people have, you know, driven further. So, um, you know, in volume, there's a lot of power in that type of message. So that's why I wanted to show up. Yeah. Um, what's been your favorite part of the day so far? Uh, the drag queens. Uh, I saw you dancing and singing along. I got my ones out. I, would, I, I had to right before I went to Rite Aid, got some ones, and I was like, I have to support these queens because they're working hard. They're, you know, in their heels and everything. So I had to come out and support. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd want to say? Either sort of descriptions of the day for people who weren't here or things you'd want people to know about this event. Um, if you guys missed out, um, what were you doing? Uh, <laughs> no, this event, um, it's it's a, I don't know, just like a feeling of collaboration and acceptance. And it's something beautiful that you don't really get to see on a day-to-day -day basis. So I just like that we all kind of came together. And even the drag queens were mentioning um, a lot about acceptance and, you know, um, kind of tolerating each other and especially in this kind of community so I think that's important that we all kind of got together and um, we're on one accord with that type of message so yeah anything else you want to add um come next year duh <laughs> um she's the talker yeah <laughs> well I have some questions for you about the people well not really I just noticed the drag queens loved you <laughs> well you know <laughs> I like them too I mean it's, it's always fun I mean I've been I've 
came out when I was 14. So I've been to a lot of drag shows and that's how they make their living. You know, they do that. So, and they're entertainers. And so you get up there and have fun with them. Yeah. yeah. So. so I think um, if you could say sort of your name and where you're from and why you decided to come out to Pikeville Pride today. Uh, my name is LaDonna Griffey. I'm from Staffordsville, Kentucky. And I came out to celebrate um, just who I am, um, who we are as a couple. Um, you know, it's very liberating that we can actually come in our hometown now um, and celebrate who we are and not be afraid to do it and, you know, be proud of it. Yeah. What's the longest you've ever driven to get to a Pride celebration? Um, to Columbus. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. I guess that's about four or five hours, I guess, from here, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, I should, no, wait a minute. I went to one in Atlanta once. Yeah. That's eight hours, so. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the closest one before this one that you've been to? Uh, Lexington. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, why do you think it's important for like smaller towns to have pride events? Uh, I think it's important so that the younger generation knows that it's okay. Um, you know, some of these kids here are probably like 16 years old and they're not gonna be able to get in a car and go to Lexington or Cincinnati, Columbus or anything like that. And so this gives them the opportunity to get out and see that it's okay and not be afraid and, and meet other people that, uh, you know, older folks or even some of the communities uh, event, you know, the, the vendors that's here to get resources if they need something. I mean, you know, unfortunately we have so many people commit suicide and things like that. There's a lot of things like that here to where they can reach out and get help if they need to. Um. How's it feel, like, how's this different than when you were maybe the age of some of the people here? I've talked to some people who are 16, 17. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this event for young people versus when you were growing up? Like I said, I came out when I was 14. There wasn't anything for us. Um, you had to sneak to go to, to Huntington. You had to get, catch a ride with somebody. You could go when you was 18, you know, but the younger kids, we didn't have anything to do. You know, you just kind of kept it hid. You know, if you did come out like I did, my parents were just like, don't embarrass us. You know, not like I was going to embarrass anybody anyway, but there wasn't anything to do. There wasn't anything in our area to even remotely anything like this. So, um, I wanted, are you, you don't want to talk at all? I, I want to do, if you could read your shirts uh, for, our, for our radio listeners who can't see what they say. Um, so maybe first you could say your name and where you're from and why you wanted to come out today, and then we'll talk about your shirts. <laughs> uh, my name's Joanna Joyner. I live in Staffordsville, and I came just to support everybody. This is a big deal, especially in eastern Kentucky. It's a huge deal. Why? What? You want to say more about that? Because people need to accept people how they are, however they show up that day, no matter what it is. Um, what's your shirt say? And the shirts are custom made. Mine says, I'm not a lesbian, but my girlfriend is. <laughs> and what's yours say? Uh, mine says, uh, what does mine say? I know a girl who put color into my life. <laughs> so, John Mayer. John Mayer, yes. <laughs> she had a mate, so I, I wasn't sure. I, thought, like, I, I think I said, I don't know. I just, I, I wore it because she said, here, babe, I bought this for us. So, this is mine, this is yours, and I did, so. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, do you have anything else to say about why it's important for, for a pride to be having in eastern Kentucky or in a small town? Uh, unfortunately, eastern Kentucky is a little backwards. And coming from Pennsylvania here, there's not very many black people here. So there's not very many black gay people here. So it's kind of a big deal to kind of just be able to go out and mingle and let people know we're here. We exist. It's not a trend. We're just here in these mountains living life. Um, last question I'll ask but if either of you have something to say is just if there's anything else you think people should know about this event or something you'd want to say to anybody who's out there listening in eastern Kentucky. They should come support, always. Any Pride event they get an op uh, opportunity to come to, they should come, support, donate. Just be present. You want to add anything? Um, just, you know, be who you are. Never be ashamed of who you are. Because um, in the end, uh, you got to live for yourself. There's, you know, in the end, there's really no one there for you but you. So never be ashamed of who you are. Just be you. Um, I wonder if you all could sort of introduce yourselves and, and tell our listeners who you are and what you do. And maybe we'll get into what you're wearing a little later. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sister Muffin. Uh, we're of the Derby City Sisters. Um, we're, a five, uh, we're a charitable organization that gives back to other charities. 
Um, our main goal is to spread joy and expiate stigmatic guilt. So that's a little bit about us. We're, uh, we're the Derby City Sisters, which are from Louisville, Kentucky. And it's a national? It's a national thing. International. We started in 1979 in San Francisco. Uh, there are houses all over the world now. So we're just one of the many houses out there trying to spread some joy. Amazing. I'm Guard Wolfie, protector of the pack. Amazing. And I'm Sister Mary Go Round, um, a radical fairy queer nun who lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and loves to come out and spread joy and like be in situations like this where people need a little bit of a lightning rod to take some of the stigma off themselves. I'm Sister Petty Davis, and I actually grew up in eastern Kentucky, so when I heard about this going on and some of the sisters were talking about coming, I had to come. I just felt called to come and spread some joy where I hadn't had a lot of joy when I was growing up. So I'm so happy to be here. Where did you grow up in eastern Kentucky? Uh, in Carter County. Okay. I grew up, uh, about, I think it's about an hour north of here. Could you maybe just describe a little bit, maybe you could describe each other's outfits just really quick. So since this is radio, people can't see you, although I'd love to get a picture. Um, could you sort of describe your aesthetic or what each other are wearing? Oh, um, okay. So we are wearing uh, big hats. Uh, they are our official coronet. So each house has their own coronet. Um, and this is ours, um, uh, the big derby hat. Um the uh, our guards, which are the male persona, they wear a bowler hat, and that's what guard Wolfie is wearing. Oh, is it a derby? I call it a bowler. Anyway, um, <laughs> we wear clown white, um, and we—I um, was going to say—it's it's part of our it's part of our aesthetic as as uh, queer nuns. Um, it was started in the 1970s in San Francisco, so it's part of it's part of us. It's part of what makes us us. The whole idea is that when we come out looking crazy like this and we have a place in the world, we're telling people that there's a place for them too. It's sort of like this idea of a holy fool where this person who's portraying a foolish person is there really to bring you some truth and honesty. And so the clown white, it kind of it gives us a shield to do our work. Oh, um, no, I'm just wearing my uh, red dress today. I've got on some black and white striped tights. Um, I have on, oh, I have my mini mishmir. Um, one of our founders is Sister Missionary Position. Um, so she took to wearing a uh, the side mirror off of a bug um, around her neck. So, so, like some say to, you know, check makeup. Um, we like to look at it as we're a reflection of our community, and therefore we wear mirror with us a lot of the time. Yeah. Do you want to describe yeah. what you're wearing? Oh, oh, well, the mirror really. I mean, when people have come up to me today and said, "Oh, you you look beautiful," I'm like, "This is the best part of my outfit, this mirror, because it's reflecting back at you." And I just I usually wear like a silly party dress and my big derby hat and lots of buttons and. My, of course, I have my matching polka dot shoes. <laughs> you know, I look like Human Twister. <laughs> Do you want to describe your outfit? Um, I have a big mishmira, and I've already used it twice today, or whatever, to describe that I am a reflection of my community. Um, I'm a pearl queen and a jewelry, I guess, whore. I don't know what else you call it, but anyway. Um, I have some big rings on and um, and really, really long pearls um, just because they bring me joy. And through them bringing me joy, I can bring other people joy. And that's and I have a big black hat on with a big, big uh, yellow flower and a rainbow, uh, a rainbow veil. So I am a guard. So my persona is a little bit different. I am the male equivalent and somewhat of a guide for the sisters. Um, so I wear a black vest, and with the black vest has our logo on the back, and then I wear a boiler cap. That's what distinguishes me from the sisters. But at the same time, as though I look different, I'm also their equal. I wonder if I can get a description of this one, but there's a lot of pictures happening. Oh, okay. We're here. Hi. You should talk to this girl right here. I wonder if you could describe your outfit for our radio listeners. Well... <laughs> 
there's a little bit of Scarlett O'Hara because there's always a little bit of Scarlett O'Hara in me. Um, big feather eyelashes, a white face, and a white bustier. So it's sort of just, I tell people that generally I run into my closet, throw a bunch of stuff in the air, and run underneath really quick. So that's usually how my looks are planned out. But. Where did you all come out from today? You don't have to, I should tell you what I'm doing first. I work we come from Stown. From where? Stone, Kentucky, uh, over towards Belfry. How far was your drive? Uh, about, what, 25, 30 miles? Yeah. Why did you decide to come out today? Well, because, you know, i got two best friends that are gay, and i come out to support them. Everybody should be accepted. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just really does. Yeah. Wish people would be, everybody would be, like, open. Yeah. Why do you think it's important for there to be a pride in, like, eastern Kentucky, in Pikeville? Be because it's mostly, like, church-oriented, a lot of older people, and the younger people just really are confused and don't know what to do, and that's not right. They should be accepted for who they are. Did you, were you trying to say something, too? It's okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I was just saying I'm here to support him because I'm gay, too, so, yeah. This guy is a $2 bill, but I love him. <laughs> That's just too funny. Isn't it? <laughs> Where's the closest pride you've been to before this? Charleston. Yeah. How long did it take you to get there? Uh, well, I had, probably, I don't know. An hour and a half. Hour and a half yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, anything you'd want to say about why it's important to have a pride? In Eastern Kentucky or here in Pikeville? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. The religion is really bad. They got it really bad and backwards, you know, and I just, I'm here to support them, to show people, you know, gay people have rights too, and they should have equal rights, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's been your favorite part of the day so far? Um... I don't know, just watching people and they're having a good time, you know, and enjoying themselves. Oh, I love the drag queens. That's my first time ever seeing them. Yeah, first time. I'm like, and it was awesome, man. It really like, was. Yeah. yeah. You've seen it before. Oh, many times in Charleston or Huntington. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is like my first time ever coming to one of these, but I would definitely come back. <laughs> Is there anything you'd, well, so do you, would you want to say your names and where you're from? You don't have to. Okay, uh, Jack Booth. I'm uh, from Stone, Kentucky. I'm Bud Chapman. I'm from Blackberry, Kentucky. And anything else you'd want to say to people who are listening? Yeah. Uh, be who you are and just, I don't know, just, you know. Just be who you are and enjoy life. Yeah. No matter what exactly. people say, be happy. To the you know. <laughs> For WMMT, I'm Rachel Geringer. Again, the story you just heard first aired on WMMT back in 2018. For more stories of queer life in rural places all over America, from East Kentucky to Mississippi to Vermont and beyond, check out Ray Geringer's podcast, Country Queers, available wherever you get podcasts. That's all for the latest edition of Mountain Talk. I'm Katie Myers. You heard from people at Appalachian Pride Celebrations past and present. In 2022, you heard LGBT Kentuckians reflect on the meaning of pride in the face of new repression and dangers for gay and trans rights. Back in 2018, you heard narratives and performances from Eastern Kentucky drag queens at the area's very first Pride. Pride in Eastern Kentucky and Virginia and elsewhere keeps growing and growing. Next up will be a special Pikeville Pride celebration in October, which they expect to be bigger than ever. If you liked this episode, you can download it as a podcast from SoundCloud. From all of us at Real People Radio, thanks for listening. Pride.